Amen. It is uh, it is awesome to be here, and uh, uh, it's true what uh, it's true what um, Dave um, said. New Zealand is very much on my heart, and I I truly uh, I'm a Kiwi at heart. Even though I was born in the UK, I live in Australia, um, but I support the All Blacks and. Uh, the All Blacks, and I love New Zealand. It is one of the most amazing, uh, one of the most amazing places. And um, obviously, we had a retreat here before. And I think if we come at the same frequency every 27 years, I'll be 83 at the next one. Um, but, but I do want to, uh, I, I do want to say thank you so much. Uh, Auckland is an incredible story. And I really appreciate uh, the work the church has done here. So many incredible people. Uh, the work that uh, David and, and Megan have done. What an incredible job. Uh, what an incredible church you are. What an incredible uh, place it is. Greetings to uh, Radon and Rachel in Wellington. Yeah. Hi, Radon. I'm in, uh, I'm, and, uh, do I get any feedback from them? Never mind. Uh, a text message, maybe. Um, but, it, but it really is incredibly, uh, incredibly special um, to be here and, and to be with you. It, it means so much. Um, to Penny uh, and to myself. Even this morning, just driving, just driving through the Vanua Ranges. Yeah. What a place! Beautiful. What a, you know, what an incredible country. Yeah. You do something about the climate. Global warming is going to be good for New Zealand. <laughs> but um, anyway, um, let's just begin. Uh, let's just begin the word of prayer. Let's just pray together. Father, I pray that you're really be with us in a special way. It's so good to have uh, family and friends visiting from, from uh, all over New Zealand and, and bringing people together from, from faraway places like uh, Hawaii and Singapore, Father. Uh, it's fantastic to see people being, being joined to your kingdom. Father, I just uh, pray for a moment. I pray for each and every person here. I pray for myself. Father, keep me always humble. Keep me humble in heart, Father. I thank you for the incredible way you bless my life. I, I pray you'll, you'll help me to speak with clarity and, and, and humbly and with your spirit filling my heart. I pray for everyone who's come this weekend uh, that they can leave just a little bit changed, just a little bit different. Yes. I pray all these things in your son's name. Amen. Amen. My, my, uh, my hope and my prayer um, very much this morning. And for the retreat, it's been a fantastic time to see so many friends again and to see the incredible atmosphere and the incredible warmth um, of the church uh, here in Auckland. But I, I do want to, I, I do want to challenge you. Okay. okay. Right? I, I do want to challenge you. Come on. I, I want, I want this weekend not simply to be a time where, not simply to be a time where we had a great time, mm. but to be a time where we, we walk away a little bit different. In the past, in the past, I've got to be honest. At times, I've been skeptical about retreats because sometimes we have a fantastic time, but then we actually don't change. Yeah. Take this opportunity. You know, I am, I am, I am older now. Thank you for pointing that out. <laughs> That's not going to be a theme of the lesson. Um, I am, I am older now, and but, but, but deep in my heart. One of the things I believe so much is you're never too old to learn, you're never too old to stop growing, and you're never too old to be a finished product. And I know that's true of me, and I really hope that when you leave, when you leave here, you'll have that deeply, deeply um, cemented in your heart and in your mind. Amen. You know, when Dave sent the, uh, the, the title over, Belong, I, I thought about family, and, when I, I, and he was talking about the family. And I thought, what scripture? And I've preached the scripture. I've preached this, uh, these uh, verses here before. Okay, I'm sure you don't remember the lesson I did last time I did it a few years ago. Um, no, you won't remember it. Um, I don't even remember. I couldn't even find it. Um, but, but I want to talk about the 
the prodigal son. But, but if you know me, you know that the, it, it, the parable should not be entitled the prodigal son because it's not about the prodigal son. Yeah. Okay. So, and you maybe come up with your own what they really should have named it at the end of it. Come tell me. Uh, I'm going to leave that open. I won't mention. It, but come tell me what parable should have been uh, should have been called. Every. Something that you have an idea right now at the end. All right. Let's move on. Let's read it together. All right. A long way away. No, I have my. The great thing is I've had my eyes changed. No, I have two new eyes. But believe it or not, I had I had cataracts. So I had my eye. So they took out the lenses. Oh, Penny said you can't see eyes, but they took out my lenses, and so now I have one one that sees distance and one that sees close. But sometimes I get confused which does which, and so I fall over. All right, let's read it. And I'm I'm completely serious about that. Let's uh, let's read it. Megan's dad said, oh look, it's, the operation's really fine, there's no problem, you'll be completely changed and different at the end of it. I, I had the operation, I was completely changed and different, but it wasn't quite exactly what he did. And then he goes, oh yeah, well there is that as well. Uh, like, Things you should know before, not after. Anyway, let's get into God's word. You won't hear too much about me, but Luke 15, incredible story. It, it's, it's, it's a parable, but it's a parable, and it really is all about family. Yeah. Let's read it together. Jesus, uh, Jesus continued. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all that he had. He set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father, but while he was still a long way off, he saw his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him, and he ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Okay. Yes. I'll go the wrong way. There you go. But the father said to his servants, Quick. Bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And so they began to celebrate. Well, actually, all, not quite all of them. <laughs> meanwhile, and you know, you love it when Jesus has a meanwhile. <laughs> meanwhile, the older son was in the field. And when he came near to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he just got, I love it, he heard the music and dancing. Mm, I wonder what's going on at home. Um, your brother, so he called one of his servants and asked him what was going on. He said, your brother has come, he replied. And your father has killed a fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The old brother, the older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never even you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, 
You are always with me. And everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad. Because this brother of yours was dead. And is alive again. He was lost and is found. What an amazing story. What an amazing story. And truth, truth of all our lives. It's, it's all about family. Amen. You know, it's, it's, it's about the relationships. And I love it. The Bible uses terms like sons and child, adoption, heirs, family, language. Um, what a privilege that we should be called the children of God. Uh, I like it. It, it's, it's funny. It says Jesus is not ashamed to call us brothers and sisters. And at a time when people were ashamed, Jesus was not ashamed. You know, they say that you they say that you choose your friends, but not your family. All right. But that's not true. That's not true. Not if you're a disciple. You don't don't choose your friends because your friends are your spiritual family. You you don't choose who comes in here today. You didn't choose who's going to get baptized today. You you didn't even choose to come yourself. I remember remember when I moved to Australia. I've been living in London. I moved to Australia and there was a a brother's flat waiting for me. One brother in it. And... um, (laughs) Just one brother, and, and I remember I arrived, and, and, and he walked on out. To, to, he walked on out to see me. I didn't get to choose him, and, and, and I remember he, uh, I didn't get to choose him when we came on out. He said, "Hey, good day. My name's Mike Vasallo. What's your name?" I'm like, "No!" I didn't say that. I said, "No. Who, who in the world?" He, he said, "He said you and me, we're going to become friends." share a room together. <laughs> I, I, I remember, I remember Penny was just living together. the road. I said, I've got to go and visit my girlfriend right now. I said, honey, you should see who they put me with. My asylum. She said, I never heard of him. Who is he? <laughs> and he's like, oh, but now, look, that's the face. <laughs> You know, it's like, it just was amazing. I could not have imagined somebody more different to me. And and yet, and yet, that's the way God works. You you don't choose. You don't choose your spiritual family. God chose them for you. And and one of the things that we need to understand as as, as family is is that that changes the way we interact with each other. Family special. I love my physical family. And I never imagined I could love my physical family that much. But I love my spiritual family. And that's given to me by God for me. Sometimes though we get family problems, don't we? Just for a moment. Oh, Oh, that's so cute. And I'm going to have one of those in a a few weeks. I can't believe it. It's just... That's so cool. Um, and I think a lot of times it, it, it depends how we see ourselves. Just for a moment, think which member of the family do you see yourself as? I mean, are you the 
Are you the encouraging older brother? <laughs> Not, if, you know, gender aside, but but uh, are, are, are you are you the caring sister? Are you the father figure? Uh, but it gets a little bit more complex because sometimes, sometimes we see ourselves as the distant cousin. You know, we're not completely connected to the family. Yeah. But, but it gets kind of a little bit scary because some of us, we, we, see, we actually see ourselves as the black sheep of the family. Yeah. You know, if the church didn't have a black sheep like me, it wouldn't be the right church, you know. They're going to have the black sheep. You know, the rebellious one. We are telling how it is. I'm the one. You need me. Yeah, that's me. You know what? We don't need any black sheep anymore. All right. But, but, uh, I saw, I, that's how I thought I was as a young disciple. I'm the black sheep. God's brought me into the church, and I'm going to fix it. Amen. And then, and then God fixed me. But, 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 just, but you've got to let God. You've got to let God. You, you've got to get, let God work. And so much of the parable here is all about family. There's a father and a couple of sons, and they've got some issues, and they've got some issues. And in some senses, it truly, it truly represents not just life within the kingdom, but life outside the kingdom. Anyway, point number two God's pain. God's pain. You know, I think it's hard. I think it's hard for us at times. To realise that God hurts. Yeah. I, I don't know, like, and you probably don't think this about me, but I, I don't think I, I, I could ever hurt anyone. You know, I'm, I'm a good guy. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and you know, and, stop it, Anna. <laughs> Anna just breaks into laughter. Oh, what do you mean, Anna? You know, it's like, I'm, I, I'm, I'm the sweet kind, butter wouldn't melt in my mouth, sugar. And, and of course, everyone who knows me knows that's not who I really am. But that's just how I think I am, and that's how, that's how I perceive my. That's how I perceive. Uh, that's how I perceive myself. You know, just recently, just recently, um, I had this conversation with. with it was on Sunday morning, and and uh, and one of the sisters uh, had come in. She's one of the younger sisters, and you know she's been through a few things in life, and she and she came in, and, and she was just looking so tired. And uh, and 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 I went up to see, I went up to to see her and to encourage her. And, 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 and but but what I said, I said, "Wow, you look really tired." <laughs> and then I went to tell Penny, and she said, "You said that to her? <laughs> what made you say that?" I said, "Well, it just came out of my mouth." She said, put it right back in your mouth. It's gone, I've done it. She said, she said oh my, I better go and clean up the mess that you've made. And, um, and it's like, what? Well, I, I'm, but I'm so sweet and so kind. And, and, and I would, but it wouldn't, but, but it wouldn't melt in my mouth. No, but, and, but, but I think, but I think a lot of us, that's how we even kind of perceive ourselves. You know, the Father blesses the Son and, and we are all times blessed by God. But the Son then, makes decisions that hurt God. You know, it says, you could paint this picture that God was waiting, full of compassion, because his son was dead and lost. But what grieved God was the decisions he makes. Make no mistake. Please, make no mistake about this. You have to understand this. Every decision you make 
has a consequence. Every decision. And when you make decisions where you do things that are not godly or unspiritual, whether it's small or little, it doesn't matter. God grieves. God has the power to feel pain. That's why we do. Because we, we we are in God's image and we feel pain and God feels pain. You know, it talks right from the beginning in Genesis 6, God grieved. He took an incredible risk to create us. It says, God grieved. In 1 Samuel 15, God grieved over Saul. Uh, And Samuel, uh, sorry, Psalm 78, Isaiah 63, Psalm 139, God grieved. In the New Testament, the Holy Spirit grieves. And of course, Jesus grieved. Mm. We grieve. God feels pain. When you make an ungodly decision, Even if it affects no other person, God grieves. Make no mistake. And this is a a story about the grief that God God feels. The interesting thing about this passage that we sometimes miss is everybody gets hurt. The father, the younger son, and the older son. And if you haven't hurt someone in your life, you're lying. Because you have. We all have. One of the three people are vulnerable. Do you understand that? People are vulnerable. No, I was was laughing. I was laughing, you know, when when, when, uh, Megan said, you know, when I get to their age. try and take it back. Oh, that's not my word. And I said, what do you mean, my age? Excuse me. Because we're the same age, right? Oh, and by the way, I'm still legally your guardian. It's just your parents. When you're, no, the dangerous no. Let's, let's talk about that. Let's talk about a little bit, a little bit more. But we have to understand, we have to understand, we get hurt. Easily, I wasn't hurt by that. By the way, it's just that. It's just that. It's just that funny thing. But, but, but we get hurt. A while ago, I realised something. You know, I, you know, Penny and I, we're like newlyweds, and um, for so many different reasons, mainly because of my insensitivity. <laughs> and and after you know, thirty odd years of marriage, um, I realised that it was important. The penny felt it important that I kept the bench clean, you know, the kitchen bench. Now, it, it, it took over 30 years, it took over 30 years to work that out. But, but, uh, but after 30 years, uh, and it's uh, actually, it's uh, 31 years, but, but in my 31st, in my 32nd year of marriage, it struck me that keeping the bench clean was important to Penny. And so I, I made this effort. I said, I, I am going to clean the bench. And so every morning, and it's easy now because we only have one child at home, every morning, seriously, I, I, all the dishes that were left out, I, I give them a once-over, I put them in the dishwasher, I clean things. It was absolutely clean. It was sparkling clean. And I sat there waiting for Penny to congratulate me. <laughs> You're like, okay, okay. He was like, notice anything? <laughs> and, and you know, she was, but she got, you know, and, and like by the third or fourth day, I was like, honey, do you notice anything? <laughs> oh, yeah, you, you haven't had a shower yet? You need to. <laughs> no, no, oh, yeah. do you notice anything? Do you notice anything? 
I was like, and I began to get really hurt mm. inside. It's like, whoa, after 31 years, she hasn't noticed that I've noticed. It's like, and then, she's, but then she said to me, yeah, yeah, I've noticed you clean, clean the bench. Yet. What, did you, did you want praise for it? I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, what do you want me? Did you want a, a banner? Okay, when you come home, well done. Good, uh, great husband after 31 years. Congratulations on spotting it. I mean, it's like, but, but honestly, but honestly, yeah, I had to, I, I literally was about, I had to get over myself. Oh my me. She, and she said to me, John, it's cleaning the bench. <laughs> it's not like some, it's not like she's been to university, you've got a decree or something. It's not like flowers. You cleaned the bench. It's basic. What am I? Could you not work it out? I said, but anyway, but, but you've got to understand. Yeah, anyway, so, right. But that's a little thing. That's a little thing. But we're vulnerable. Everybody in this room, mm. disciple or non-disciple, is vulnerable. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting. The younger son, he put himself, he made himself even more vulnerable. He put himself in, in vulnerable positions. What did he do? The first is, um, <clears throat> it's really interesting because it talks, you know, he, talk, he talks about he took, you know, he, he sold all his possessions. It, it's, it's really interesting what he did. Uh, I love the way the Greek, the Greek says it is basically he got the position where he, t- he, he got all his assets together. And he cashed them in. So he had cash money. In other words, he made himself a target. Because it was just easy to spend. You know, it's like, I, I, you know, credit cards are bad sometimes because you don't see how much money you're spending. And so you can spend more money. But this kid, back in the day, he made himself a target. And I think sometimes we, I, I think sometimes we do the very same. We do, we, we do the very same thing. We make it easy. We make it easy. For our vulnerability to be exposed. Yeah. Stop missing church. That's oh, no big deal. I get it. Yeah, I got this and that. But but all of a sudden, it becomes a habit. Yeah. Who chooses our Who choose as our friends? Yeah. You know, so all, all of a sudden we, we we choose people. We start we start listening to what they're saying and they're saying things that are not Christian, that are not of God, and you become vulnerable. We get into habits. We start committing regular sins. And we stop talking about it. Yeah. And so it becomes part of our character. You see, we, you see, we just do what the younger son did. We kind of cash in our chips and we make ourselves incredibly vulnerable. Mm. And then what did he do? Oh, done the wrong way. Then what did he do? He moves, he moves away f- from his family. You know, I always know when someone's going to leave the church and, and, often, uh, and, and leave God. How do, how do I know that? Because they start distancing themselves. Yeah. Yeah. You see it, you know, you, you see it, it's not, and again, it's, funny, it's, not, it's not rocket science, right? It's like, you know, I'm, not, I'm not like Mr. I've got a PhD in, in relationships. It doesn't take that. You, you, see, you see people, they, they, they distance themselves. Yeah. They cease to have those friendships. They cease to be open. Yeah. You know, here's the crazy thing. The world and Satan will take advantage of you at that point. You know, they suddenly start they suddenly start they suddenly start getting a new family and the family is the family of the world. And they start putting pressure they start putting pressure on you too and you get you get caught. I, I've done it a few I mean I've done it even in the ministry and it, it's funny. Um, 
it, it's, it's, it's funny, let's get into this. Because you get into this pressure situation. Because the world, like, I, I don't really, uh, and I'm not saying these, uh, these were just wrong for me. They're not saying wrong for you. I did some really, I did some really dumb things. I remember when I was in Sydney, um, they, they, uh, wanted to, they wanted someone to be the president of the school PNC. And, and I, I just, I, I, and I, I don't think it's a sin to be president of the school PNC. I don't think that or to be involved at school. Um, but they began to put pressure on me to do, to go to events and to represent them. They wanted me to represent them towards the government because I did quite a good job. And and they like, and I was outspoken. I used all. It's funny because I used all the things I'd learned from the kingdom. You know, it's funny. I used everything that I'd learned as a disciple. And I used that. And so they really began to say, well, we want you to come and meet the education minister. You can meet the education minister. There's really deep problems in the education system. We really feel like you are the person to do it. When is it? Wednesday nights. Mm-hmm. You know, Wednesday night. Maybe, and, 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 of course, I'm teaching on Wednesday night. But, but um, it's like, uh, uh, you know, but, but you get this. And you don't have to be teaching, but you get this, get this pressure. Yeah. You get this pressure. And then sometimes, you know, sometimes they would go, they, they would go and we'd have drinks and, and they'd start to say, well, you know, you have a couple of drinks and, and, and all of a sudden you felt this incredible. I said, I've, I've got to go now. I've got a family. I've got, oh, no, just a couple more drinks. And just hey, and, and all of a sudden you feel this intense pressure. And, and, and they start to say, you you judging us? You know, why are you leaving early? Why are you doing these things? And you get this incredible, incredible pressure. I'm vulnerable. You're vulnerable. Yeah. And, 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 and it doesn't... It, there's no one in this room that's not vulnerable. Yeah. And so the decisions that you make are so important. It goes on. It goes on. It says he, he squandered his wealth. He, but literally the, the word is scopizzo. And what does scopizzo mean? It means he scattered it about. He just gave it to everybody. And you got the situation. He went there. They were using him. He had money and he splashed it out. Yeah. Yeah. Splashed it out to people. And they... Used it. <coughs> what was the saying? Then the world used up all his uses. Wow. All his, all his um, money. It's funny because the Greek word has a double meaning. And the meaning is wasteful, but it also means unsaved living. He, he lived as if he was part of the world. And then he becomes damaged and broken you know it's funny isn't it I used to think uh, when, I, when I was young I used to think that I, I used to think that we were all just life was easy you know what I mean and, and, and we were all sharp and if you became a disciple then, then nothing bad happened to you and, and you just rolled on through life and, and I I just kind of thought that's the way life was going to be and I think I think what I've seen over the years is how every person is damaged and broken and that includes me I, I've been through times you know I've, 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 I lost my family when I wasn't expected when I wasn't expecting it um, I had cancer um, you know I went to as, 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 um, as Megan said we had we had as Megan said we had good and we had bad times in, in the ministry and I in so many ways became broken 
and damaged. And I think that the truth is, I think the truth is, we all are. And that's why we have to care for each other. That's why we belong for, to each other. That's why we build each other up. That's why we. That's why. That's why we've changed. We we've learned it because I, I think the father was damaged. The pain in his life at seeing the son distant. I think the younger son, he was damaged by what was happening in his life. But the older son was damaged as well. And you'll see that a little bit more later. Um, what's ironic you kind of get it the older son at the end of it the older son knew exactly what happened to the younger son yeah. isn't that funny yeah. it's like even though he was a distant even though he was in a distant place he knew exactly what happened you know when he describes it to the father he said let me tell you what your son and it's, and it's funny because he doesn't call him brother yeah. okay do you notice that yeah. he says your son He says, he says, you devoured your property with prostitutes. You know, I think, I think the greatest danger, I think the greatest danger to the kingdom, I think the greatest danger to the Brisbane church, I think the greatest danger, and I don't know, I don't know you that well, I think the greatest danger to the Auckland church is the criticalness that flows from being broken and damaged. Because that's what that's what flows out, isn't it? Because this guy, these guys were comparing. The, the younger son, even though he was in a distant land, the older son was comparing. He was watching what he was doing. He was watching the squandering of his life. He's watching the squandering of his father's money. And he got critical. And I still see it. I still see it among Christians. And we should never be critical. It's the one thing that we should never do. We should never look at other people and compare. And through our comparison, look down on them or judge them or view them differently or have our relationship with them damaged. Yeah. Yeah, isn't that exactly what we do? Yeah. And so often we so often we look at leaders and, and we put leaders under the absolute microscope and, and uh, maybe uh, maybe you do they put David and, and uh, me under the microscope. You look at every little crack and flaw and, and you judge them or your Bible study leader or the people around you or the person that converted you and you get in this intense criticalness. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, John. Yeah. And that's a product of being damaged and broken. Our world thrives on it. You know, you've got 60 minutes, you've got the news, you've got a current affair, you've got Women's Weekly, you've got women's magazines, you've got all these things, they thrive on, on the fact that people are damaged. And through damage comes criticalness. Yeah. Yeah. Where is God's people? Where is God's church? We refuse. Yeah. Yeah, if we're really, if we're really to change our world, if we're really to have the impact we're going to refuse and say no no criticalness no negativity let's build people up you know the real one the younger and the older brother when he came back they were going to have to work together for the rest of their lives I mean seriously they got to get their relationship sorted out because they're going to be in those fields working together and they better love each other and they better work well together and let me tell you you don't get to choose your family even in the church turning points alright let's keep moving on turning points you know what did it what did it take What what is the turning point um, and we all have watershed moments in our lives, don't we? But I, I think we can all look back, and we all we can all look back, and, and we know the turning points in our lives. 
And, and it's funny, isn't it? Because verse 14 said it was a severe famine. It wasn't. It wasn't just ordinary. It was severe. And it came just at the wrong time. Because that's how God works. And then the pain kicked in. And eventually, the pain got so intense, he broke. Yeah. But do you understand the conundrum? Do you understand the conundrum that that places on all of us? Do you see, do you see the implications? Because I don't like looking at people's lives and wanting them to go really badly. I mean, sometimes I do when I'm a bit competitive with somebody. I get that. But that's not what I'm talking about. That's what we've got to wipe out, all right? That's what. But, but sometimes there's people I deeply love. And, and, you know, even my family, my kids. But, but sometimes... You, you, get, you understand, what does it take to really change? Jesus says, intense pain in your life. That's a bit discouraging for me. That's like, oh Jesus, I want something different. Uh, a prayer. A second prayer. And what bang, I'm different. And that should happen to an extent. Um, you know, I read a scripture. Bang, faith, I'm completely different. Jesus says, sometimes it takes pain. But not just ordinary pain. It takes so much intense pain in your life that you're actually broken. I don't actually like that. I'm like... Oh gosh, that's, you know, hopefully that's not the only thing that you or John told me that I had to be completely broken to change. But you know, sometimes that's what it takes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, sometimes you have to actually, you know, even before you're honest about a sin, you have to get to the point that the pain is so much in your life that you will do anything to change. That's the problem with this parable. It literally says, it literally says that's what it took. And, and what does the boy? What did the boy do? It said, the literal, the NIV translates it as coming to his senses. The Greek translation is is actually so simple. Eyes to upon ethelon, which means, ethelon is the the past tense of uh, ethelon, which is the Greek word, which just means, literally, he came to be himself. Such a profound, such a profound thing. Sometimes we need pain in our lives to become ourselves you see when you're not with God you are not yourself alright let's finish let's finish up a little bit here amen I won't take too much long so of course so of course where does that leave us so there's a lot of challenge in this passage where does it leave us do you like holidays? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, let's have a quick vote. Who thinks who thinks we should have more days of holiday than we already do? All right. Okay. Who thinks we? Yeah. Who who likes holidays? Yeah. Come on, isn't that all? Isn't isn't that awesome? Um, who likes work? <laughs> okay. We really. All right. Let's try it. Who likes work? Okay. Who prefers holiday to work? <laughs> Interesting. All right. That, that, that actually has a huge implication for your eternal future, which we'll talk about. Yeah. And, and that's why we bring it up now before we talk to the point. All right. I mean, we've got to understand what are we going to do? What are we going to be doing? Um, anyway, let's get to that. Let's think about that. Let's think about that in a moment. Why did the younger son leave? Well, why do you, why do you think he left? 
He didn't want to work for the Father. That's what he said. I'm done working for the Father. I'm off. And I don't exactly, it doesn't tell us exactly why I didn't want to work for the Father. Maybe prefer holidays. Maybe further glamorous life. Okay. According to the other son, the Father was a pretty tough boss, right? He made me work like a slave. Okay. He wanted to get out. He wanted to get out of there. Maybe he didn't like being in the shadow of of the the other son. I don't know. But he, he, um, He's, um, he's gone. But then he comes back. Now what? What's he going to do? What's he going to, son going to do? He's come back. He's come back. He's spent all the money. What's he going to do? He's going to work. He's come back to work. And I think that's the subtle part of this parable that we all miss. It's like we, we, just, we, we focus on the celebration. But we don't focus. We don't focus on what he can. He said, "I'm going to come back." He said, "I work even if I don't get paid." Yeah. Let's take a quick vote on that. Who wants to work if you don't get paid? <laughs> okay, one. Okay. okay, let's try that again. No, let's not because because we all know, right? I don't want to, uh, working and not getting paid. Okay, let me tell you, we've got some jobs in the ministry. They're unpaid. Who wants them? Would you get paid for that now? That's, that's like, you see, we, you see, I think, I think there's a problem, and I think it's a, I think it's a problem. I think, I think it's probably the biggest problem in world religion today. It's the biggest. It's why we get, it's why we get such an issue. Why we get such an issue with so many religious people, and it's something we have to deal with, and something we have to explain to them. You see, it's easy, isn't it, to focus on the day of celebration? Yeah, yeah well, and you know, we're going to have some people get saved, we're going to have some people get baptized, and that's going to be fantastic. And we celebrate, yes! And I loved it when they said, we've got to have two baptisms, get one, amen, come on! And we video it, we celebrate it, and that's amazing, and rightly so, we should, we should be slaughtering the fattened calf and dancing around and, and enjoying it, and it's an amazing, it's something incredibly special. But then what? <laughs> but then what? Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting. I love this passage. One of my favorite passages. Most people only read to this part. For it is by grace you've been saved through, through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not by works, so that no one can boast. Absolutely. When you get saved, when you get in the waters of baptism, when your sins are washed away, you don't deserve it. They don't deserve it. I didn't deserve it. It's a phenomenal time. You're being saved. It's amazing. Your sins are washed away. You're getting a chance you didn't deserve. Let's celebrate. Let's go hard. Let's party hard. But you only have one birthday a year. (laughs) What do you do? You know, I love it. You know, people people say people often say, "Would you like working on your birthday?" No, I want to celebrate it. But I, I, you know, I, I, actually, to be honest, I, well, anyway, I try not to work on my birthday, but but I try and take the day off. But 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 it's one day. It's one day. You see, you see, the religious world gets confused because they think the day of salvation, they think the day of celebration should be every day, every day. But let's go on. Because he, because Paul keeps writing, he says, For we are God's handiwork. We're made by God. Mm-hmm. Not just to keep celebrating. Yeah. Okay? He said, To do good works. Mm-hmm. I think works, it's <clears throat> a fortunate translation, the Greek word is ergoi, which means work, but it means deeds. Yeah. We're mighty men and women doing mighty deeds for God. Yeah. Do they save you? No. Do they earn your salvation? No. That's not what we're talking about. It's not so 
suddenly, I worked my when you get I worked my way into heaven. You can't. Yeah. You can't. But you don't celebrate every day. Yeah. And God prepared those works. Yeah. You know, there's work to be done. Yeah. What if I don't do those works? What if you don't work for God? Because really, in some senses, there's a, there's, a, there's a hint in the parable about that. But think about this again. What if the younger son went back to his father? What if the younger son went back to his father and said, Dad, you know what? I've been working here two or three years. I built up a bit more inheritance. I want that inheritance. And I want to take it to a different country. And I want to squander it again. What's the dad going to say? Oh, absolutely. Here, have a second go at doing it. What do you think the brother's going to say? You know, what do we need to do? What do, we, what do we need to do? The purpose of the parable is about being family or God's family together. And, and, and you know, it's, it's really interesting because from the Tower of Babel, from Genesis 11 onwards, there is a thing and it flows throughout the Old Testament and it flows throughout Jesus' teachings and it flows throughout the New Testament. In fact, it, 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 it kind of eventually finds its fulfilment and we'll kind of look at it a little bit, it eventually finds its fulfilment in Revelation. What's the theme? The theme is that God is reclaiming His family from the nations. And the nations are all the people that live distantly, which is where the... Where the, where the younger son went and the younger son in every sense and to if you were a Jew and you were reading this parable you would understand that the Jew represented the, the fallen nations the nations that, that left God mm-hmm. what, what, should we, what should we be doing? we should be bringing the family back together and, and, and that's, there's two parts of that it's not just about bringing people into the church but it's about restoring damaged relationships and, and, and restoring damaged people which we all are and we spend the rest of our lives and our eternity I'm so glad that I have a purpose I'm so glad that I have, I have a meaning I don't know what I want to do I don't know what I want to do in eternity but this I know, I love holidays I do love holidays but not forever. Yeah. I mean, seriously, what am I, 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 I've thought about this. I've thought about this. What am I going to do in eternity? What am I going to do? Is he like going to Hawaii? You know, kick, kick, on, kick, kick, kick back, and that's where we have our honeymoon. And I, 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 I kick back, and, and I sit in the sun, and the sun just beats down. And I, I'm, I'm going to just lie there on the Hawaiian beach for eternity? Is that? I, I, mean, I, I, I thought about eternity. What am I going to do? I wouldn't enjoy that. I love holidays. But, but, but I tire of a holiday after about how long? Two days? Three? And then, and my kids know it. Because my kids know that I'll, I'll live, uh, you know, for the first couple of days of holiday, I'm fine. But then after that, yeah. I'm, I'm, and, and it, it strikes fear into them. They don't, they don't want me to come have a holiday with them. Because it turns into work. I'm like, ah, I want to, let's go do something. Let's, we've got to learn something. Let's study something. And let's just progress and film. Let's have to, and I get so intense. And, and, they're, and they're like, we're not sure that we want Dad to come on holiday with us anymore. But I'm coming. And they go, oh, no. You know, we're going out for three weeks. Em's going to have the... And Penny said something, you know we can't stay with them all the time. Why not? And she just looked at me. And I knew what she was mean. Because of you. <laughs> <laughs> because of you. You'll drive them nuts and they'll throw 
fraternity. <laughs> what am I going to do? I mean, the things. I, I go back with the The family will be mad at me, you know. The, no wonder there's no marriage in heaven, okay? No wonder there's no marriage in eternity. Penny couldn't have, if she can survive 50 years, she said, not eternity. That's, that's over. That's just not right. He's a beast keeper. <laughs> All right, amen. Just finishing up then. Just finishing, just finishing up. What's eternity all about? What's it going to do? There's a, a, a guy I love to read, a guy called Michael Hush. He's got some very controversial, very controversial teachings, but, but he has some great insights and some appalling insights. Um, <laughs> like his view on salvation and, and baptism. But he has, he's an amazing, I, I love his writings. Um, he's a, a, a theologian, theologians are theologians. But he, but talking about, but talking about the parables and the callings in the Bible, his idea is that all the callings are a training from the kingdom to come. Living with God and his family in his kingdom eternally. And I began to consider what that meant. And, and then there's that great passage in, in Revelation 22. And um, it, it says, the angel showed me the river of the water. And this is picturing eternity. We're not going to be... Well, I'll leave you a throwaway comment. We're not going to be in heaven. Okay? We're going to be living eternally. Mm-hmm. All right? In a very much a physical reincarnated existence. That's what the Bible says. What are we be doing? We're not floating on a cloud. Mm-hmm. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the great city, that's Jerusalem. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding fruit. It's fruit every month. Whatever it's going to be, it's going to be fruitful and fulfilling. Uh, and I don't know what it's going to be. And he leaves the tree, uh, and, and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and the Lamb will be in the city. And then this little bit crops up. And his servants will serve him. You see the picture? The picture in the Bible is that we will reign forever with God, serving Him forever. Amen. And what we're experiencing on earth has a, has a internal purpose, that we will be stewards and servants of the Kingdom of God. I want to leave you with one final thought. And that is, whatever you do, wherever you live, live intentionally and not purposely. Because we will forever serve our God. Amen. Thank you so much. Amen.